Welcome to the Marie Menu Cherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 19 years of healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse at a Seattle area hospital. My skill in moving energy combined with my medical background have been a catalyst for change in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. Good morning and welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live here in Seattle. We're going to be hanging out with an old dear friend of mine, and maybe I shouldn't say the word old for either one of us, um, but Ainsley McLeod, who's the author of his newest book, The Old Soul's Guidebook. I can't wait to dive into that, but also two of my favorites, The Instruction and the Transformation. Um, Ainsley, uh, we've met several times, actually, and you've even hosted my show before, um, which was very nice when I was on vacation or traveling, something you hosted the show, which was very nice of you. Thank you so much for doing that. And I recently was listening uh, to um, a class you were teaching for East West Bookshop. It was all about narcissism. You did such a good job. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, an, you're a wonderful teacher, of course, and a wonderful Thank author you. and practitioner and all of those things. But, I, you know, because it's not a topic that I'm not familiar with. I certainly am familiar uh, with it. In fact, before I would really allow myself to use the word narcissism, because I just didn't want to label people, you know, this is how right. empathic people are. We're way too nice. Um, I would just, I used to have clients read um, books um, like The Verbally Abusive Relationship, which was really all about narcissists, you know, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but it took me a while to feel comfortable using that word. And you just did such a great job just being so direct, so on point. You know, just covering everything in such a beautiful way for all of us empathic people so that we have clarity about what we deserve and 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 how you can't really heal a narcissist, you know, and things of that right. nature. So um, I asked you before we went live, is that going to be your next book? And, and, the, and the answer is yes. It, yes, it, it, it I will be. Can't, yeah. I can't wait to read that book. But I love this new book, The Old Souls Guy book. For those of you... Um, who aren't that familiar with Ainsley, which I'm sure most of you are. He lives, he's a resident. He lives on one of the islands, of course, um, but he's uh, here in Washington State. And we both shared an agent for a time period, and we both shared a publisher for a time period as well. So we have some um, similarity. So welcome to the show. Right. I'm so excited to talk about, you know what, what I love about the Old Souls Guidebook is that it really does help the empath because it's empathic people who are old souls, right? So right. Yeah. It, it really, I think that's such a great step of having empathic people understand who they are and be nicer and kinder and more loving and compassionate with themselves before you venture on to, okay, now all the narcissistic people in your life, now this is what you do. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so like, that was an excellent step and leeway into this very strong and powerful book. And when you and I were um, communicating through Instagram, you said that uh, the whole topic of narcissism, which is, you know, you're studying it from a spiritual perspective, you know, right. not a medical perspective, which is, yeah. I think, always better anyway, that you have so much passion about it. Mm. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm healing my own experience of uh, narcissistic abuse. So it's something that I get very fired up about. And over the years, I've seen so many of my highly empathic clients having such a struggle with people in their lives, you know, the partner or the boss or it could be kids or parents um, who are narcissistic. And it really got me to 
And I was trying to figure out my own life, you know, what, what the patterns were and, you know, why did I keep running into the same sort of things? And it really all led to, ah, that's the common denominator. Actually, the most, most common denominator always is you, you know, that's like, yeah. because that's something I talk about, you know, that, but what's the part that you, the empath, play right. in, in drawing this into your life? Because it does take two to tango. Uh, there's an idea that, that narcissists glom onto empaths, but it's actually sort of a, like a mutual magnetism. Oh. I can feel it. You know, I can tell when I'm close to a narcissistic person. I can feel myself going into some old patterns. We haven't even really even had a conversation, you know, but I can feel myself going into these old patterns and how I want to take care of them, which is just yeah. crazy. Luckily, I get that whole dialogue in my brain and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't say, say hi too long. Don't, you know, right. have conversations with them, you know, like just turn and run the other way basically yes right well you know that's one of the things that's so important for for empaths to learn is boundaries i mean it's just, it's i there's so many empaths struggle with that you know how, how do you say no um and really when you're so programmed to want to help and and be compassionate and so on so yeah been covering all all of that sort of thing Oh, it's amazing. I, I loved I loved how you shared some of your stories, but I, of course I love those. And then also just your directness. Like there's no wiggle room. There really right. isn't wiggle room when we look at empathic people and narcissists. You know, you, you can't just play games with them. And what's tricky, and I'm hoping that you'll give us some more information about this as well, is, is that some, you know, narcissists are a little incognito in a way because they do yeah. good things in the world. But they do it because they want to be recognized or seen or appreciated. And so that's confusing for the empath who's like, right. but, but they're nice. They came and changed all the light bulbs in your house with a, a hydraulic ladder. You know, that was so nice of them. <laughs> well, you'll find it with, with the empath that, uh, that the narcissist could be, you know, behave like a, you know, like a monster for, you know, for, I don't know, 30 days of the month and then on, on well, one last day, they, they sort of do something nice and, and the empath will hold on to that. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, because, you know, it's an old soul empath. You're well, you're seeking intimacy. You're seeking connection. You're not going to get it with a narcissist, but that's what, you know, empaths need to remember. Well, they need to know that. Um, so you're you're so programmed to want the best in other people and see the potential and and uh, and help them. And it's very easy to get suckered by people who will take um, full advantage of, of all of that. You said in the talk that you did at Eastwest, which was like a three-hour lecture, it was I was like, you know, hooked onto the screen. And, you know, I'm not – I've done a lot of work and I've, a lot of, I've read a lot. So when I get hooked, I'm very excited and thrilled to share it with uh, my listeners and clients and whatnot. But you've said this one thing that I've quoted you uh, since I heard it many times is that the um, – the narcissist smells the empath like sharks smell blood. <laughs> like it's right. such a strong <clears throat> drive. Yes. Well, that's an interesting thing um, because, you know, if you're an empath who's, who's been affected by being around a narcissist, you'll notice that they would do things to you that they wouldn't do to other people. And mm. that's because they will find the, the empath. That's the one of the things that really blew me away when I started studying this. Um, you know, what what is it about empaths? Well, they're 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 kind of easy marks for 
um, for someone who take advantage of them. The empath will judge people by their own standards. They'll see the best in, right. in, in others and, and often miss that the fact that some people are kind of malevolent. Right. Um, Right. They can't imagine it because they can't. They're they're not that way themselves. Their brains don't work that way. You know, right. old souls have lived so many lifetimes and they've worked through so many issues. And of course, what what at least my impression of being an old soul is having enormous compassion, right? And then w- yeah. I think that the old souls who come here are working on self compassion because they kind of forgot right. that part, you know, yep. in their self discovery. And we have <laughs> a lot of people here on the planet who can help us to learn that and set those boundaries. Would you say that narcissists overall are younger souls? Would you say that that is? Yeah, generally, yeah. Um, but you, you can be a really old soul and you can be a, a narcissist because the, the, the cause, and, and this again is, you know, why I'm so fascinated, but um, the, the, the cause is, is spiritual. So, you know, a narcissist is a spiritually damaged creature. It's someone who um, has... Well, this is this this is what I found utterly fascinating is that they have all the fears that I would identify. Um, you know, I work with spirit guides. They talk about there being ten main fears, several phobias. the The narcissist has twelve fears. They they are very fear driven. I mean, they don't necessarily look it. You know, it can be very, you know, they they, they use the term grandiose often to describe narcissists, but they they can seem like they're really confident they got their act together, but they're actually fear driven. They have all the fears. Now the problem is that if you as an empath have a fear, they will because they have it themselves, they will find that they'll recognize it. But as an empath, if you have a fear, you tend to internalize the issues. Right. Like let's say it's judgment. You've got a past life issue with judgment coming from from maybe being judged and executed 100 years ago. So you as an empath have that fear. What you do is you tend to internalize. You judge yourself. You know, you become your own worst critic. The, the difference is that the narcissist having this spiritual damage, and so disconnect between the soul and the conscious mind, is that they externalize. They see something they don't like in themselves, and then they... they they project it onto the the empath, so they become hypercritical. That's one of the things that people experience with being with the narcissist is that they're super critical and unkind and uncompassionate yeah. towards them. I always thought um, from the narcissists that I'm aware of that were in my life um, that I always thought they were intuitive. Like, how do they know to push that one button <laughs> that just freezes yeah. me into such panic? And, you know, regress, I regress so, so deeply. And then I just want to please them and take care of them and fix it. You know, I was just like, oh my gosh, but now that makes total, and I'm not saying they're not intuitive. They very well could be, but I I love what you said that they, they know the fears so well, they recognize them that they can sense it within you. And then they know how to push those buttons because they have them themselves. Well, it is always a question of how, how conscious are they of their behavior? I think a lot more than we think because they they tend to do most of their the mean stuff behind closed doors. Right. You know, um, if they if they weren't aware of that what they were doing was damaging, they would be doing it publicly. Right. right. So, um, yeah, they do have sense of some sense of right or wrong <laughs> there. I, I would but, agree, and and that's kind of sad. I mean, and yeah. disappointing because then they're acting from a place of consciousness, like they're. That's that, that's right. It's when you realize it's actually it's a bit shocking to realize when you've been 
the victim of narcissistic abuse, that there was so much deliberate malice involved in it. Mm-hmm. But they, they have to take the anger out on, on somebody and it's going to be the nearest narcissist. And the so nearest empath, right? The nearest oh. empath, right? Whoever that yeah. empath happens to be. Um, so, so you mentioned in the in this lecture, which I know will be in your next book, um, that I'm assuming you're furiously writing right now. Absolutely, furiously. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know you are, and because you're <laughs> you are a prolific writer. You know, I produce a book like every decade or so. You know, but not Ainsley. <laughs> um, yeah. So in the book you write about, because obviously narcissists are wounded, but empaths are too, right? That's like right. We have our wounds. Otherwise, we wouldn't be attracted to someone who just wants to destroy us. Right. right. Well, that's the distinction that I draw is that the, the, the narcissist is not drawn to the, the empowered empath. They're drawn to the wounded empath. That's where they, 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 you know, they smell the blood in the water. It's because they know you have have wounds. There's things that you're working on, and that unfortunately can be very damaging. If, you, if you're working through some major issues in your life, and then you end up with a narcissistic boss or friend or spouse or something, they can really set you back a very long way. They can trigger an awful lot of fears in you, and they will undermine you. I mean, it's a part of kind of what they do. Right. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I find this so interesting and so shocking. And so for those of us empaths who, you know, did decide to have narcissists in our life in significant roles and in time periods, and then eventually we became aware, we healed ourselves. That's what I think what a lot of empathic people do once they've tried to heal that person, you know, and then the, nothing changes. It could take years, you know, a decade or longer. And then they go, OK, I just I guess I'm just going to have to work on myself because I'm exhausted. <laughs> right. I'm worn out, which is what we're supposed to be doing anyway. And right. then you start to wake up and you go, oh, why am I working at that job for the last 20 years? Why am I married to this wackadoo person? Or why am I trying to be friends with these people, even if they're family members right. who are all unhealthy? You know? Yeah, it takes a long time. But, you know, the the wounded empath is seeking love and they, they, they don't want to reject anyone or be rejected and they keep working at it. I was typicalized to say, you know, all this person needs, you know, all she needs is the love of a good man or something, you know, like right. love will, 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 will heal all. And I think there's some truth in that, but it's not going to fix your, your relationship with a narcissist. So, you know, I, I, a lot of what I talk about is trying to, well, first of all, understand the, how the whole thing works, but then be able to defend yourself and go from that place of being the wounded empath to becoming empowered. Because once you once you get empowered, once you set boundaries, they, it's a little bit like the the shark will just swim past you; it won't it won't see you. Right. I, I think it's also interesting when an empath does that. Your whole life changes within like yeah. a snap. You feel like. You feel like, okay, the universe or the gods are just finally, sh- you know, shining down on me. But it's really because you've shifted a pattern in your life. And it's karmic. Yeah. It's extremely old, right? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. And so when you, anytime we heal a karmic wound, um, in, in my opinion, anyway, you're the expert, but these are my opinions. Oh, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, that, that then the, the floodgates do open in a good oh, way, right? The universe yeah. goes, oh. You know, and you know. well, yes. I mean, what the spirit world always says to me is that if you take one step towards us, we'll take two towards you. Aww, and you know, like that. your efforts are are kind of rewarded. And yeah, you know, once you start to develop that strength, you 
it, it all begins with you, you know, which is yes. a point I think we're both making. Um, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to change that person. But what you can do is change you and, and change the choices that you make and how you respond to common triggers and all this, this sort of thing. Um, you can really empower yourself. You can be, become very, very strong. And when you do that, you shift who you draw into your sphere of influence. And, you know, can, you can change up your friends, you know, so everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, and in your book, The Old Souls um, Guidebook, which will be my new favorite book of yours, of course, but <laughs> until you uh, finish writing until the, the your next current one, one you know, I, I think right. it's such an excellent book because empathic people really do need help and assistance to recognize that they're naturally gifted, <laughs> they're talented. Everyone yeah. is, of course, but empaths have been around for such a long time. They really have m- miraculous abilities and talents, and they're meant to help um, if that yeah. makes them happy, whatever makes them happy, of course. To right. transform, you know, um, the cosmos, you know, that's part of their destiny, typically. Um, and, and so for them to, I, I think, recognize if they can set some boundaries, because that when you're in relationships, whether it's personal or business or, or even family in terms of, you know, parents or whatnot, and you're leaking so much of your energy trying to fix these people that you can't fix. And if you stop and, and be okay with it, you know, you have to mm-hmm. let go at some point. Then, then the universe can just open up the floodgates for you in terms of allowing yourself to be seen as the incredible, magnificent being that you truly are and really emanate that in your life. Beautifully said. I think that's absolutely how it is. I had this really interesting uh, experience. I, I was like you. I, I married a narcissist um, who I just thought was adorable and lovely and had, you know, he had some tragedies in his early life and. I just did everything to help him. He did everything to break me down for two decades, you know, everything. And I won't go into all of the, you know, uh, you know, details about it. You certainly can if you want to with yours. And um, and when I finally could see our relationship because I started to love myself and care about me and set boundaries, I, I was clear. I was, oh, my gosh, what am I doing here? I just my vision just became very, very clear. But all the people who were our friends and supposedly allies and all of that, they were just like, what happened to you? How did you become so successful? What, ha-, you know, what, <laughs> you know, like I'd be at a wedding, um, you know, to celebrate some um, someone's child getting married from our old family group. And literally, you know, people would come up to me. What happened to you? I don't understand. How did you get successful? How did you write a book? How do you, you know, and I, I didn't answer their questions because I didn't really feel like that was necessary. But it's really because I put my energy towards myself and my right. own happiness. And I, and then voila. So it's not a secret, you know, it just happens to be a shift in frequency and vibration that allows your whole being to be liberated. Well, if you think of how much energy is going into just daily life, getting through life with somebody who's who's undermining you or constantly criticizing you or blocking intimacy, it's it's draining. It's exhausting. And it, and it is that when you shake off that person whether you change the relationship, change the job or whatever. Um, yeah, if things just open up. Like you say, the floodgates open. It's it's very exciting to see. And, so, and, and you know, I don't think anyone has ever, after ditching a, a narcissist, said, gosh, I really wish that person was still in my life. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know. I think what you hope to happen and this this is something that happened to me recently i finally was able to have compassion again you know 
for that individual, which was just feels nice, you know, versus being, oh, my gosh, do I have to see that person? I mean, can I be on the other side of the building? (laughs) Can I come after them? And, of course, we share children and grandchildren, so that's not even possible. You can't do those things. You can't have your kids pack up their kids and drive to different destinations. You know, you have to kind of, I'm sure you have that experience as well. You know, yeah, but you, know, so, you have yeah. to f- figure some some way. Yeah, you, you have know, to figure but, out but a way. Usually, as little contact as possible is yes. what's most recommended. But I also loved what you just said: is that the narcissist, once you become empowered or you start moving into your self empowerment, they're not interested in you anyway. No. Which is yay. Well, they were never really that interested in you <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Maybe at, maybe yeah. at the beginning, you know, like right. it's you know the. They talk about they, the the term they use is love bombing. You know, at the beginning of a relationship, they come on strong. You think, oh, this is a, you know, this person's crazy about me. Oh, they're wonderful. You know, it's best sex I've ever had. All that kind of stuff. Or, you know, um, and it, then that sort of drops off very very quickly. You know, the, right. the, the, they call it the devaluation next, and then the discard. It can take months or years. You know, depending on the circumstances, but. There, there are sort of there, there are set of symptoms, if you like, you know that you know every narcissist will will get up to. Um, that was one of the things that you know I was coming at it from my own personal experience and what I understood from the spirit world. And then when I started, I haven't read anything on it, but watching you know YouTube videos on narcissism, it's like oh, you know, like there there really are these common symptoms. Right. You know, they, you know, they put you on a pedestal to begin with. Of course, there's only one way down from there. Um, they undermine you. They, they, they judge you harshly. They're jealous of your successes. I'm sure you noticed. Yes. Oh my God. They, they hate it when you, when you have some success, you know, so that blew you... me away. I could never understand that when I was going through it. It's like, well, what is wrong with this uh, person? But it's just deep, deep jealousy. And so would you say that could be a good identifying factor? Because maybe we could give yeah. some of our folks who are listening to the show today and who will be listening to podcasts later and be listening to a repeat on Tuesday morning at like 6 a.m. I think it is. Yeah, Benny gave me the thumbs up on that. Is, is Let's give some pointers on how, because empaths really need this. We are too nice and too forgiving and we can see the beauty in people. We can see people's potential, oh, even if it's. Hundreds of lifetimes from now, to, to us, it looks like it's tomorrow, which it's right. not. You know? So could you give us, you know, a list of what to look out for? Yeah, okay. Well, well, some of the typical things. Well, you have to remember that uh, every narcissist is blocked around empathy. So that that lack of empathy will, will usually show itself up in, in some way, like right at the, usually at the beginning of, a relationship you you'll see that um so the, you know the lack of empathy the inability to put themselves in in your shoes that, that would be one thing if you oh one sign it's an interesting one if you find yourself continually repeating things and wondering why am i not getting through to this person they're blocking you they're they're just you know um that's a common thing you'll see um they they cheat they cheat right um That's a very common theme with narcissistic people. They're not loyal in any way, shape, or form. Uh, In any in any way at all. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, the empath, of course, is is totally loyal and wonder what's happened. And when when the narcissist gets caught, the 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 empath forgives them because they they see all the potential and you know 
and the empath, if they were caught cheating, they would go, oh my God, I'll never do it again. I'll, you know, fix all we this. We would probably expect. Well, we would probably tell our spouse, um, I think I'm going to cheat. You know, that's just. <laughs> right. We probably, t- we yeah, probably would. Yeah. I think I'm going to cheat. I'm really sorry. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, but I'm just giving you a heads up because I, I, I just would never want to do that to you. So I think I'm going to cheat, you know. Right. It would be transparency as well. You know, which, <laughs> that's another thing where the narcissist has a lot of secrets. You know, they hide stuff. And, uh, you know, so that's a, another typical sign. Um, but certainly, um, there's things like, uh, you know, financially, you, you know, taking advantage of you or, or that sort of greed that you, you'll get. Right. Um, right. We still yeah, have- so, 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 but a bunch of signs, but that disloyalty, oh, sharing, sharing things that you said in confidence with, mm. with others, that's, that's a way to stop you going to a more intimate place with them. You know, you're, because you can't trust they're them. They're trying to block it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I could go on. <laughs> I know. I think a, I th- of, a lot of signs. I, I think these are all wonderful. And and getting back to, you know, the old soul's guidebook, I think that that's really important for empathic people. They need to understand who they are, what they're capable of. You yes. know, they yeah. need to have a very clear understanding about this within themselves because that's going to help set themselves free because they usually have Absolutely. a Absolutely. Very- yeah, well, the stronger you feel, you know, the better you know yourself and the more confident you are about who you are. Again, you know, the, the more you're going to become invisible to narcissists, you're going to be a lot True. happier in yourself. You know? <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, again, nobody would look back and say, gosh, I, I really was much happier in those times when I had such low self-esteem and you know, <laughs> living with my narcissist. And I think you can tell for an empath, too, when you've met a really good person who's not a narcissist, whether this is a boss, right, or your mm-hmm. neighbor or a partner or friends, is that they they uplift you. They want you to be successful. They cheerlead yes. you. And it's authentic. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and they're so excited for you. Any accomplishment you make, they are delighted, happy, and they give you the credit. They don't take the credit. They celebrate you authentically. I think that could yeah. be a, a good way to. That's a really good, a good way of telling if you're, you're with a fellow empath. It's that they they get you and, and they actually take time, you know, to uh, they, they want to know you as you want to know them. Um, you know, I, I I knew a narcissist years ago and, you know, I hung out with him and realized eventually this person had no knowledge of me, you know, no interest in me. Everything was about him. It's like I, I knew every detail of his life. He knew nothing about mine. And it's like, hmm, eventually you realize there's a bit of an imbalance here, <laughs> you know, it's, you know. And, you know, especially if you've got friends in, and when they call you dreads, hearing from, oh, my God, i got to. You know, right, it's exhausting. You, you, you want to be, drained. you want to be with people, like you say, who who uplift you. And you know, so saying to somebody, I think just yesterday, you know, there are so many great people out there in the world, Aww. and we often st- we 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 find ourselves, you know, circling around sometimes with somebody who's not really caring about us, and you know, doesn't really give a damn. Right. Sometimes, you know, by moving on from people who are narcissistic, you open up space for for better people to come in for lovely wonderful people to join your life and help you in every capacity okay ainsley how can people find you they can go to um ainsleymcleod.com and they can go to soulworld.com and learn about my membership program the soul world community and we also have a free uh sunday 
uh, broadcast, The Soul World Sunday. Oh, fine. Just a half half hour every Sunday for for people who consider themselves more spiritual rather than just religious. So um, all of that's on on the websites. And anything coming up that you want to share? Any uh, workshops or retreats or anything like that? Um, well, actually, w- one thing is that my membership program is open for this week. Just um, be closing again just, uh, on Sunday, so it's a little window to, so get, to get on involved it. There, yeah. get on it, please. Um, so and you- I will be do- doing the narcissist empath workshop again. Oh, good! Uh, at some point in a few months, yeah, I so- highly recommend that everybody watch that. I was very entertained. I loved it. I learned a lot, and I've already read a lot about it, and have come to some personal realizations, but I, I just got even more clarity and, and more validation too about, oh my gosh, yes, I, I, I really do understand this and there's right. nothing you can really do about it. So don't, no, don't mex, don't, don't play in that playground. <laughs> don't right. hang out there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you are as always a delight and a joy. It's lovely to see you again. Oh, thank you. And back at you. Thank and, you. And it's, it's, it's been lovely seeing you and, uh, the show. Thank you so much. Wonderful. And, you know, if you haven't read, I'm sure most of our audience has read um, your first two books, The Instruction and The Transformation. Um, but if you haven't, they're excellent books. And then head on over to the newest one, The Old Souls um, Guidebook, which I know is amazing. And then, of course, we'll be anxiously waiting for your <laughs> next book. God, I bet I'd better get writing. Yeah, please. <laughs> go get, get writing. Busy. <laughs> Thank you, Ainsley. Have a lovely day. Thank you, Marie. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Yeah, thanks very much. And uh, that leaves it for our lines to be now open. 877-825-8828 for the Marie Manucherry Show. Okay, we'll be right back. Hold up. I know what you're thinking. What's up with Marie's vibrational coaching program and how it's been doing? Well, here are some new graduates of the program to explain their recent experiences. Marie's energy vibrational coaching class has had a huge impact on me. I've learned how to tune into my energy and in particular, have learned how to quickly recognize when my energetic vibration drops. Then I use one of the many easy tools we learned from Marie to raise it back up again. It feels so great. Marie's vibrational coaching class was the missing piece I needed to help me act on my dream of starting a business, which moved me to take inspired action. Marie's vibrational coaching class was awesome. The structure of the class covers Marie's insights, Q&A, small breakout session, and creates insight and new ways of thinking. I built great friendships from that class and I learned a lot. Marie Manucheri's vibrational coaching class is beautifully designed. There are so many things you can share with others, and it's just a lot of fun. So if this excites you, and you want to learn how to raise your vibration and create a life of your dreams, Marie's next vibrational coaching course begins September 15th and runs through December 8th and meets every Wednesday. For more information about the program, visit energyintuitive.com to learn more. During the COVID-19 pandemic, it's important to take steps to help stop the spread. Follow five tips to help protect yourself and others. One, wear a mask. Two, practice social distancing. Stay at least six feet apart from others. Three, 
wash hands with soap and water. Four, if you have symptoms, stay home. Five, get vaccinated as soon as you can. Together, we can help stop the spread. Hello, this is Marie Manucherry, and I'm so excited to announce that I'm going to be teaching a 12-week mediumship coaching program. This is a course I've been wanting to teach for a very, very, very long time. It is something that is near and dear to my heart. I never knew I would be a medium. Never even occurred to me yet. It is something I get to experience every single day with every client and every class that I work with. It's perfect and wonderful for you to be able to do the very same thing, to communicate with loved ones that you haven't seen for a long time that live on the other side, because they're always communicating with you. But your energy needs to shift and change and expand so that you can hear them or see them or feel them or all of the above. So I hope you can join me beginning on Mondays, September 13th through November 29th. I'm extremely excited, obviously, so that you can create your own unique, beautiful, amazing interaction with the multisensory world. For more information, join me at energyintuitive.com. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 AM. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Cherry Show. Thank you, Ainsley, again. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. I didn't realize we hadn't talked in quite a while. We're obviously very busy people, but I'm glad that we reconnected and that our listeners get to know more about you. So we're taking calls now, correct? We are, and the lines are already <gasps> full. And Yay. some of us, uh, some of them, actually, I should say, have been waiting around uh, during the interview with oh, Ainsley. Oh, and thank you for doing that. Yeah, we really appreciate super cool. that. So uh, the number is 877-825-8828 for the Marie Manu Cherry Show. Those watching online, yes, we stopped one item and then started another just for, because I can. All yeah. right, we'll just go with that. <laughs> because Benny has to edit things because Ainsley and I have a little chat. Well, we all had a little chat well, afterwards, just, so you know, he has to edit. It's good. Yeah, to, yeah just break things yeah. up a little bit. So uh, it's Elon from Santa Cruz. Elon, are you there? I am. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello, Elon. Yes, Hi. <laughs> I can't. Not, Hello? Hear. I oh, can't wait. Hear. One second. We'll do this. Oh. Is, that, is that better? Oh, now I can hear you. That's yeah. my fault. Hello. See? <laughs> so many buttons to push. My bad. Hi, Elon. How are you? <laughs> Hello, Benny. Hello, Marie. Hello. What can we do for you? Hi. I am so curious to know your thoughts on the energetic reasons behind hearing loss. Oh, that's a really, really good question. So my perception is that people who have hearing loss and it doesn't matter what age it starts. And I know who you are, don't I? Are you calling incognito? Um, you don't. I mean, I really? do not know who I am. Really? Oh, you have. Such but a... I love that you you think you know me. I think I know you. Any... Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think do I know follow you. you on Instagram. Oh, otherwise... thank you. That's very kind of you. 
So that's interesting, right? That's very cool. I love that. Hopefully you have a career in the spiritual realm because you are meant to. Oh, yes. Okay, Thank good. You. You're welcome. So early, uh, any type of hearing loss, it's all about not listening to the divine, your intuition, your your spirit guide. So people who have hearing loss um, are very intuitive, very intuitive, and they're blocking their intuition. Interesting. Yeah. Does that make sense or is that helpful? It, it, it absolutely makes, makes sense. And so intuition is this really weird thing where it absolutely doesn't make sense. It's very clear. I, I had a, I'm sure she would be okay with me sharing this. Hopefully she will be um, because it was in a class. Uh, I had a student who saw, um, she was doing a reading because when I teach, I have people go into breakout rooms and then they do exercises together, which I am thrilled with. That really works over Zoom. It's quite amazing. And she saw these two um, kind of weird images. One was blue, one was purple, and she didn't know what it meant for the person she was reading for. It made no sense. And so she probably also didn't really dive into it because she was sometimes when you get a a vision or something auditory uh, or, you know, some sort of clairsentient feeling, if it seems odd, empathic people are so nice and so polite and and also don't always think as well of themselves as they should, we, we pull back like, oh, I must be wrong, or I don't know what I'm talking about, or oh, that's weird, but I'm sure it doesn't mean anything. Um, and so for whatever reason, we, we don't really allow sometimes for the intuition to fully manifest. However, the next day, this person was at a grocery store, and she saw the very same weird image. They happened to be dog toys. One was purple, one was blue. And she said to me, what do you think that was? I go, that person that you were reading for needs to go get a dog. She goes, of course, actually a dog would be perfect for her. So so that's why sometimes when when really strong intuitive people, and if you're really strongly intuitive, that means you want to be intuitive on earth. You want it. You, You programmed yourself to have that energy and that awareness and that consciousness into your body before you reincarnated, even picking family members like I chose to be in a family where there's generations of intuitives in the family that very few people talked about but I was told about it um especially when I realized I was an intuitive my uncles who are all deceased now called me and they never called me ever and said oh my gosh you are just like grandma Lucinda I'm like which was my um great grandmother who was a a Cherokee Indian who I never met I don't even know her Native American name because that was not her Native American name, obviously. So at any rate, that is the reason for hearing loss. How do you feel about that? Oh, I love it. I, I love it. And then just in general, if as I continue my practice, mm-hmm. is there a way to um, slow down hearing loss? Well, what, what, that- well, what, we'll, ha- we'll start using a what if question. What if my hearing is happy? Don't use health. Don't talk about loss anymore. I mean, for our conversation, that was good. But make sure, because the throat chakra is so powerful, and you have a lot of alignment in your being. So people who have a lot of alignment, they get kind of whacked faster <laughs> because they're more conscious, right? So the universe goes, oh, but you're conscious. You understand this. You know, so so don't use a lot of negative language if that's not what you want mm-hmm. to experience and start using some what-if questions. What if my hearing is happy? Anything can change at any moment. People can heal from anything. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. It, nothing matters. Nothing. Anything can change and morph and shift 
to how you really want it to be. But the most important thing for you is when you have intuitive impressions, and maybe you don't always know when you do, be patient. Don't try to rush through them. Have fun with them and start playing with the universe because you are meant to do that. Thank you so You're welcome. much, Marie. You're this welcome. is a delight. I'm so glad I got a chance to chat with you. Me too. I'll see you on Instagram. Oh, perfect. Okay, have <laughs> a good day. Bye-bye. If you're not cool, you're not on the gram. got to be on the gram I if you want to be cool. Instagram. Kids are I, doing these things. I really love Instagram. Well, you're a kid. Well, I mean. Yeah, you are. All right. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know the answer to that one right now. I should point out we only have one seat left in, <gasps> in any of our fall classes, and this one is in financial freedom. We, of course, do have seats available mm-hmm. for winter psychic coaching and energy healing coaching. We have um, space left. We have like 23 seats left in each one of those. But all of the other classes for fall, which start Monday, I start moving into my fall schedule of teaching. Other than that one spot left in financial freedom, we are sold out. And for those of you who have signed up for our sold out Greece retreat, Jen has a little call to action for you. Please send us an email to be added to the waiting list. Those of you who want to go, who are not already registered to go. Excuse me. That was my bad. I didn't read out the whole note. Um, so if you if you are con- you know are interested in going to Greece, we will have a waiting list because some people might have to cancel their trip because yeah. it's next summer mm-hmm. and a lot can happen between now and then. Totally. Okay. 877-825-8828 for the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We'll take Anne calling in from Tucson, Arizona. Hi, Anne. Hi, and thank you so much for taking my call. Of course, Anne. What can I do for you? Well, I wouldn't like a reading, but my question is, how can I learn to be more sensitive to energy? Like I clear my chakras and balance them, but I don't feel the difference. Right. And the same thing with, you know, people talk about when you walk into a room, you know, you feel this or, you know, that empath thing that right. you've been talking about <laughs> all morning. And I, and I meditate every day. In fact, I'm up to number 603 days in a I'm row. very proud of you. <laughs> yeah. You're obviously putting a lot of energy into it, but here's the issue. First of all, you are an empath and you've done an excellent job cleaning your energy. It looks fabulous. Just so you know, wonderful. You're taking energy into every chakra. And then I would call it kind of like a wash when it comes to your root. There's not a leak, but you're not absorbing. Um, but the rest of your chakras, you're taking in tons of energy. So you're doing great work. Here's your problem. You are a very mental person. You listen to your brain. You're glued to your brain. You think it is the tool to help with everything because that's how most of us are raised as children that, you know, listen to your brain. It has all the solutions. It has zero solutions, zero. It lies constantly to all of humanity. The only time the brain is efficient and effective is when we're present. And we're supposed to be present when we're doing tasks like putting gas in the car or um, going for a walk with your dog or vacuuming. When, when you're doing present moment tasks, the brain is there to help you. Like, oh, you missed that spot when you're vacuuming or you need to change the vacuum bag or don't put diesel in your unleaded car, you know. And of That's course- That's not a good one. Right, it's not a good one. And, nope. the, and obviously a lot of humans have done this because what do they do? Everything's color-coded at the gas station. Really smart gas stations mm-hmm. have the diesel f- not even connected to any different of the... Different pump. Right, totally different pump because <laughs> we are not present nope. at all. So what you have to do when you're meditating, this is your homework assignment, and you never have to do anything I say, by the way. Um, I want you to focus on your feet. 
your job is to get as much energy because the brain has its own energy system, like the heart muscle has its own electrical pulsation that allows it to work extremely well. Other than other organs, I mean, it's extremely obvious in the heart uh, muscle. The brain has trillions of neurotransmitters. So that's its energy system. And when you pull extra energy into your brain to analyze and process everything in life, which you do, in my opinion, then you're exhausting the rest of your body. So I want you to visualize and feel or somehow create that you're allowing the particles that your brain does not need. It doesn't need those extra particles. It makes it tired that they're going to go hang out on your feet. So rest in your feet, wiggle your toes all day long, but especially when you're meditating. Hmm. And, and then you're going to start to feel the energy because you're doing a great job, but you have to stop. The brain is not where you should be. No one should be in their brain. Right. There I know. I, okay. I, when really working, I was very analytical, very left brain, but I so love my spiritual journey yeah. that I'm on. But, well, it, you know, it goes back there. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything wrong with being intelligent and having great intellect. You can... No, keep... that's not intellect. <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's normal to have that and to know how to function in the world in really great, profound, healthy ways and be highly spiritual. You just have to leave your brain alone. It will work a hundred times better if you ignore it. Mm-hmm. So hang out in your feet as far away from your brain as possible, as much as you can <laughs> <In my feet. laughs> throughout the day. And then uh, when things change, let me know. Okay. Okay. Hey, thank you so You're much. Welcome. <laughs> Have a great day. Appreciate you too. Yeah, thanks, Ann, for calling in from Tucson, Arizona, 877-825-8828. Let's take now um, Amanda from South Carolina. Hi, Amanda. Hey. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Hi, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. Great. What I, can I've I called in? Oh, go ahead. I've called into your show before and I love it. Oh, um, thank you so much. What can I do for you today? So today I'm I'm hoping you can help me with something um, with my my sweet dog. Oh. I think she is reaching the end of her life and i'm not sure how long how old is she i'm not exactly sure because i adopted her and you're very nice to do so and and someday i'm going to talk a lot about dogs and spay and neutering them because uh, i listened to this really interesting podcast uh that my dog's trainer sent me because Charles and I have been having this interesting dance because he's a big dog. So big dogs can't be neutered until they're like 18 months old. So I passed the 18 months and I'm still like, I don't want to do that to him. I don't want to do it. And he's such a good dog. He's just such a good dog. And, and my intuition, I just wasn't totally clear. And I'm one of those people, I'll, I'll wait until I get clarity. I'm okay waiting, right? But of course he started to, and I do have a point with this. He started to, you know, hump a little bit more than he should have been humping at doggy daycare. Oh boy. Yeah, and although the trainer was like, don't worry, we can work with it. It's no problem. She did also say, he's really not having fun. I go, really? Because he has so much fun at home. He never, uh, 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 you know, does the that humping experience with Mariam's dog and, you know, stuff like that. So anyway, I pulled him out of doggy daycare while I kind of made the decision. And then the trainer, and I made the decision. And then the trainer sent me, which is not to have surgery for him. The trainer sent me this podcast about breeders all over the United States, breeders um, did some research. So actually some scientists did some research and they used breeders about spay and neutering um, dogs. And they they did research with 50,000 dogs. Wow. It, it's a huge research. I've listened to these two famous veterinarians 
who are also professors and things of that nature and published. And they said that the um, removal of gonads, which is the sex hormones in dogs, um, actually makes them very, very high for all kinds of diseases, cancers, joint disease, everything. And no one has done any research. When we decided to spay and neuter dogs um, and cats at a young age in the 70s, of course, we did it because we didn't want to have all these, you know, roaming animals that don't have anyone to care for them. So it was a good decision. I understand why we did it, but we didn't do any research about how will this affect their body and their health and their healing. So what I'm just trying to say is I think dogs would live longer if they had their gonads. And so that's why I always ask how old a dog is. And most dogs are neutered and spayed, especially if you adopt them from uh, a shelter because they're trying to reduce the population of unwanted pets because that's heartbreaking. So how old is your dog? I'm not sure. Oh, that's right. So I think your dog's right around 10 or 11. Okay. So that's why I think you're having this awareness. And you're very, very, very wise. One of the things that can prolong an animal's life is just feeding them very high-quality food, like human-grade food. Raw food is also you know, really, really good for um, most dogs and cats. You know, everybody's a little bit different, right? So I'm mm-hmm. telling you this so when you get your next creature, because you will, you are a creature person, you know, and, and you will know what to do with your pet as time goes on. You're excellent. You're a wonderful pet owner. But when you get your next person, because they are like people to me, of course, maybe try to get a dog that isn't spayed or neutered. They can do vasectomies on male dogs, and they can also just do... Um, a partial hysterectomy, leave the ovaries, but only take the uterus so that, you know, we don't have female dogs having menzies because that's probably not any fun for the home, for the dog owner. But yes, I do believe that you are sensing your dog getting tired and aging. Yes. And the vet, and I, I'm trying to decide if, if I should, um, if I, if it's the end of her life or close, um, to, to make that call um, I don't think you, I don't think you have to make that call right now you know so I, I think you're, you're moving in that direction but I think that she's gonna have like bursts of energy and be happy and then be tired for a few days and then have bursts of energy I think you can wait longer I, I believe the rule is if I recall well and it's so weird you know I've never had a dog before Charles and I know all this weird dog information it's very bizarre Um when, when they, if you make a list of 10 things that they love to do when you get down to two, that's kind of a sign, you know? Yeah. Right? So I know she's tired yeah. right now, but she's going to perk up in a couple of days. Yeah. And, and what if I can't physically keep her anymore? What do you because mean? Because of my living situation. Mm. And so what's happening with your living situation? Well, I can't keep her where I'm living anymore, and so I, I need to move. Um, uh-huh. And I'm deciding if 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 she can, if I need to find a place where I can take her. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, you will find a place if you want to move. You will find a place. And so, did they change the rules where you live? Yes. And, and because she's getting older, it's just, it's complicating things more. And, and so they're just, they're not willing to, um, to deal with that anymore. Well, that's weird and not very nice. 
honestly. Everybody ages. You know, this is not a permanent reality. Everything gets old here for now. As we change our consciousness, things will be very, very different. So I guess what I I want you to do is just stop worrying about this because notice how it lowers your energy quite significantly. So I want you to just be in high energy and trust that the universe is going to take wonderful care of you and wonderful care of your beautiful dog and that everything's going to be fine. Don't try to figure this out. Just stay in happy energy and then allow the universe to surprise you. And for everyone who's listening, that's actually how you solve every problem ever. That is the, is the formula. And so we all should be practicing this formula even on little problems so we can be very good at it when the bigger problems show up. Okay? Yes. Yeah, that okay. makes sense. Okay. Well, have a beautiful day and keep us posted. All right. Thank you. You too. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks very much for joining the show. Time for one more. Quickly, we'll sneak in. I know. I was a little long-winded. That's I'm okay. So no big sorry. deal. Valerie from Monterey, California. Hi, Valerie. Hello. Um, gosh, Hi, Valerie. happy I could sneak in real quick. Um, okay. Uh, so I'm in a life <laughs> transition. Okay. My father, my father passed. Um, I am an empath. I have a tendency to bob in other people's wakes. Um, but I see this as an opportunity for me and another, anyway, so my body is, is, uh, is, is really at a low right now. Um, mm-hmm. so I'd welcome any input on that or and also what do you mean by, on... what did you mean by Bob's and other people's wakes? Is that what you said? Um, being an empath, uh-huh. I tend to reverberate with other, I tend to, um, it's hard. It's harder to stay grounded. So I right. love a reading on maybe my body or how to transition into my own power. As yeah, well, I mean, I would. The patriarch has gone. Yeah, well, I, and I'm sorry um, for the loss, but it's actually really good for you and good for him too. It's a good thing. Um, I would recommend the Old Souls Guidebook by Angel McLeod to help you with that. But what's very important for empathic people is they have to stay in their own lanes. The reason why you're energy is bobbing and you do have a, a, a large leak in the root chakra, but of course you've also had a loss um, and that could be contributed to that is because empathic people are like nosy and they're trying to like help even complete strangers or people who live like in totally different countries and they have to stay in their own lane and knock it off, knock it off. Like don't do it. Stay in your own lane. You're responsible for your energy. So stay in your feet. Remind yourself that everyone has spirit guides and archangels and everyone's a powerful soul and you don't need to help take care of anyone or go visit and overlook and oversee things. You can just stay in your body and allow your own authentic power to grow and flourish here on earth so that you can then be helpful in a way that is um, that magnifies your precious energy. And Benny's playing the music, so I have to get off the air. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thank you, Ainsley, for coming on the show. We'll be back next Thursday. Thank you, Benny and Jen, for all your wonderful work. Joyful blessings and fall madly in love with yourself. Bye-bye for now. 